This podcast is brought to you by BankInfoSecurity.com. BankInfoSecurity.com is your source for the news and views shaping security and risk management within the finance space. 2011 is expected to be a year of great innovation. That's the good news. The bad news is that fraudsters are doing a great job of keeping up with, and in many cases ahead of, those innovations, especially in the ACH space. Malware and phishing attacks continue to plague the financial industry and its customers. As we look out on 2011, what steps will banks and credit unions take to curb ACH fraud? Hi, I'm Tracy Kitten with Information Security Media Group. I'm here today with Dave Jevons, the chairman and founder of IronKey, which specializes in online security. Dave, you've reviewed some of the results that we had from our Faces of Fraud survey, which came out at the end of the year, and you've noted a few points that you find interesting. For one, banks and credit unions continue to rely too heavily on manual fraud detection. According to our survey, 55% rely on manual reports to identify fraud. More telling, however, you say, is that 66% of banking institutions say they have fewer than five staff members dedicated to fraud prevention, a sign that banks are woefully unprepared. Why do you say that they're unprepared? And are you speaking in terms of where we currently are with fraud or where you expect us to be as fraud becomes more sophisticated? Tracy, I think the reality of the situation is that particularly with smaller financial institutions, they haven't seen the level of sophisticated fraud that is starting to happen across the industry. So they don't see it. They're not prepared for it. There's not a good forum for information sharing about what's happening. And I think a lot of these institutions are thinking, well, you know, my day-to-day business is running okay. Uh, It must be working for me. Unfortunately, what's happening is cyber criminals in particular are targeting smaller financial institutions, smaller business customers, and when they attack, they attack in a big way and the losses are quite substantial. Now, another alarming figure that you've noted, and this is again going back to the survey, is that only 18% of institutions have taken steps to go beyond mere education when it comes to fraud detection. What does the lack of investment tell you, and what does it tell you about what we can expect regarding undetected ACH fraud as we move forward into 2011? Well, what we're going to see, unfortunately, is an increased level of fraud. It's been going up over the last, oh, 12 to 18 months. Uh, particularly through the online channel. I think we're going to see that moving onto the mobile phone channel as well. And, you know, as you know, we've seen banks moving towards online transactions, online banking, increasing capabilities, on, particularly on the business banking side for companies to be able to move funds around and, and transact fully online. Um, Education is important, and uh, we need to continue to educate, I think, staff inside of financial institutions as well as customers, but I, you know, what this level of uh, investment tells me is things are just going to get worse before they get better. And Dave, how would you rank ACH fraud relative to other types of fraud? You've noted the online channel and, of course, the, the mobile channel, but both of these channels obviously kind of fall into the ACH fold. According to our survey, most banking institutions don't really deem ACH fraud to be their number one concern, but much of that may be attributed to the fact that they just aren't seeing it. Well, I think that's right. And uh, the thing about ACH fraud is that, um, you know, it's one channel for moving money around. And the reality is we should be thinking about the broader scope of online fraud. The fact that the payments are being moved through the ACH system is uh, almost an artifact of, uh, of really kind of the front-end systems 
that we've got for primarily for business banking, where people can get in there and start moving money. It happens to go through the ACH system. That's where we see the fraud. It may not even be reported as ACH fraud. It may be reported as a different kind of account takeover fraud. And the fact is they're just using the ACH system to, uh, to move the money around. And that's a good point you raised, Dave. You say ACH and wire transfer fraud accounts for about $6 billion in losses annually. With that much money being funneled out of the system, it's kind of interesting to note that banks and credit unions just aren't seeing it. But it could just be that they're attributing that fraud loss to a different channel. Well, that's right. The, there's an attribution issue. Now, let's also take a look at the $6 billion in losses around ACH. I mean, a lot of it is, is not through the cyber channel. It's probably about a billion through the cyber channel right now. A lot of it is friendly fraud, um, you know, a lot of check-related fraud. But it's interesting when you start to look at how, uh, for example, fraud events are reported through uh, SAR reports. Um, you know, there's a lot of uncategorized fraud. And in fact, the uncategorized fraud has been growing dramatically over the last three to four years. Now, I'd like to take a moment, Dave, and I'm hoping that we can connect all this together to talk a little bit about authentication. It's something the industry is lacking across the board. You note that criminals have circumvented most of the online authentication controls our infrastructure currently relies on, such as one-time passwords and dual account controls. Other industry experts have noted weaknesses in payment card authentication controls. What steps do you see the industry taking to address authentication across the board in the coming year? Well, I think what we're going to see is an increased focus in authentication and um, protection of the uh, what we call the endpoint, the end user's computer, where they're accessing the online uh, banking systems. I think another important thing we're going to see in the authentication space is that the FFIEC is going to be revising the guidance that they provided to banks back in 2005 around authentication. Now that guidance was primarily geared towards the consumer banking channel um, in the wake of massively increasing phishing attacks. But what we've seen since that guidance was released is that cyber criminals have gotten far more sophisticated. They're employing very, very sophisticated types of malware, zero-day threats. They've got PhD programmers. They're paying bounties for people to come up with new ways to infect computers invisibly end users, that creates a very different threat environment. And the reality is you can't trust an end user's computer. You can't trust that it's really them doing a transaction. So we're going to see, I think, a, a revision of the guidance that the FFIEC came out with. And I think that's going to um, give financial institutions kind of a wake-up call and also a, a great set of guidelines for how they should be moving forward in authentication and in end-user protection, as well as on the back end and looking at transaction anomalies. Now, when we talk about the FFIEC guidance, that's something that has been talked about for quite some time. Again, the guidance, the last bit of guidance came out in 2005. When do you expect that guidance to be passed down? I mean, it may take some time before the FFIEC actually releases anything. Well, we anticipate that we will see some guidance from them uh, actually in the early part of 2011. They've held numerous conferences and, and um, uh, information gathering sessions with industry and with analysts and with financial services companies. So we think we're, we'll actually see something soon. The FSISAC and the FBI and NACHA have come together and issued uh, guidance both for financial institutions and for business banking customers. So we think 
that type of information will be leveraged by the FFIEC in their guidance. Okay. And when we talk about the guidance, most of that's going to relate to the online channel, but I'm wondering when we talk about authentication gaps as they relate to payment cards, will some of that fall into the guidance fold, or what should financial institutions be doing on that front? Well, I don't think that we will see this particular guidance from FFIEC addressing uh, card payments in particular. I think it will primarily address the corporate uh, banking side of things for the online channel. On the card payments side of things, it's, it's really an interesting um, dilemma that we face in the industry, which is primarily for online uh, card payments, it, uh, it's actually the retailers who bear the brunt of um, the losses. So financial institutions you know, are able to charge back card not present losses for internet transactions using basically stolen credit card numbers. And the issue is we've got a million or more merchants out there. The losses are spread among them. So there's no you know, real painful thing that financial institutions are facing in order to drive forward something like an authentication standard around payments. And you know the merchants, because there's a million of them, have a real difficult time getting together to try to come up with something. So we've got this asymmetrical problem here where criminals can basically use you know, the millions of credit card numbers that they've got out there and the fraud is so distributed into the system that it just, you know, it's, there's nothing that anyone can do about it right now. This is the first part of a two-part interview with Dave Jevons, chairman and founder of IronKey. Be sure to check back for part two when Jevons speaks about the evolution of Zeus and the continuous fraud battle banking institutions are expected to face in the online arena. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tracy Kitten. This podcast has been brought to you by BankInfoSecurity.com. For more interviews, breaking news, research, and educational webinars, please visit www.BankInfoSecurity.com.